How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. Eric Name with you, and so is Frank Madden. And we are recording this on a Saturday morning. Um, some... News just broke about the Bucks rookies. I'm sure we'll get to that in a later podcast. But what we wanted to talk about today, and Frank, how are you? I should have asked you that first. Um, I'm great. There's no better way to start a Saturday morning than than with some quality skyping action about the Milwaukee Bucks with with you, Eric. So I'm I'm just doing just fine. So I guess we'll start with kind of the freak out of the end of the week um, in the Bucks world. Uh, ben Dowsett, who writes about the jazz, I believe, um, ended up tweeting something out about a ch- from a chat where he described Giannis's future. And it, it all kind of devolved from there as people kind of felt the need to protect Giannis and defend Giannis and and tell Ben how good Giannis would be and that devolved into them being called a cult of Giannis uh which (laughs) which I gotta say uh, is just a great device to use um if you're gonna if you're gonna antagonize people just go uh, calling them calling them a cult is always a good way to do it just go for it uh so that was pretty good um but I guess it kind of brings up a question to me Frank is is there a cult of Giannis, and do Bucks fans view him differently than maybe what he actually project, projects to be in the future? I think that's a good question. I think there's no question that Giannis would win a popularity contest among at least certainly hardcore Bucks fans, I think, among all Bucks fans as well at this point. I think two years ago when Jabari Parker was just coming in, you know, we had that was the year we did our first sort of. Uh, asset ranking trade value ranking uh series which we'll do again later this year thanks to our friend dan sinclair for always running those um that was the first year we did that and i was actually surprised i think steve von horn and i were both surprised that uh Giannis won that after his rookie season all right which was before Giannis showed that he was actually a, yeah. a consistently you know good nba basketball player which really started the next season his second season um so i think there has always been a lot of hope and uh, excitement about Giannis, and obviously his, you know, his style of play, the kinds of highlight reel plays he was making, even as a rookie on both ends, uh, the personality he has, the energy, enthusiasm he has. He's obviously a really likable guy. I think that has always played into him being this kind of fan favorite. Um, you know, he feels very accessible because he's young and not bashful about you know sharing the things that he you know sh- he, we were we've been able to sort of share in his. Um, in his growing up process in the United States and, and, you know, sharing him having his first smoothie and, you know, doing all (laughs) these things. And I think that accessibility has made him obviously someone that fans really, uh, you know, attach themselves to. And fortunately, he's actually developed into obviously uh, a very, very good basketball player and a guy who, when you combine that with his age and physical tools, is obviously you know, somebody who has, uh, I think, legitimately an incredible ceiling uh, as a basketball player. And I think the, so I, so I think there's, you know, 
I mean, I, I thought it was funny that, I mean, and I've, I've used, you know, I mean, I think we've jokingly talked about, you know, the cult of this or that. Um, you know, I think with Giannis, there, there's certainly, um, probably, yeah, an element that, you know, thinks he's, you know, a hundred percent surefire superstar top five player. Um, and you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't put myself in that camp because I just don't think anybody is, you know, at that age, uh, with the exception of maybe Towns and Anthony Davis and Anthony Davis is a couple years old now, but, um, I don't think anybody's necessarily in that, in that kind of level of, of, you know, complete certainty. But, um, but I think there's, I think it's, it's become very legitimized. And I think there were, I think a lot of people also, because Giannis, I think was maybe a little overhyped his rookie year. I think he made second team all rookie and you could have made the case, you know, that wasn't really deserved. Um, but then I think in his second year he became, uh, you know, a guy who was a legitimate NBA starter. And then last year, um, I think, uh, became a guy that obviously was uh, a very, very special player. And I guess, you know, I think, and, and I'd be curious to get your take on this. I think a lot of this comes down to a lot of the maybe people who are skeptical of Giannis or, and again, it's maybe not skepticism of like, oh, I don't know if he's going to be a good NBA player, but people who maybe are kind of like looking a little cockeyed at, at the people who are really excited comes from the fact that, um, you know, there's this perception of, well, he, he had this incredible two month period, but it came after the all-star break and, um, you know, the bucks were already out of it and how much did people even care at this point? And it was obviously during a, you know, I mean, it was a weaker part of the schedule. They had a really difficult schedule or in the season that came during the softer part of their schedule. And, um, so, I mean, is that, is that even real, you know, or, 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 well, yeah, let's see him do it for a full season. And guys sometimes, you know, have, have, you know, breakouts after, you know, in the second half of seasons and uh, we'll see what it means. So I think part of it is, is coming from that. And I don't know. I mean, my view is that kind of also discounts how good Giannis was leading up to the all-star break too. (laughs) I mean, I tweeted out yesterday, um, let me just bring it up a, a little stat thing. And, and again, I'm always, you know, I always kind of you know raise a little flag when when you kind of cherry pick stats to make a guy look like he's in elite company um but uh, for Giannis you know just looking at Giannis's full season numbers I think I've said this before you know the numbers Giannis put up after the all-star break you know 19 8.6 rebounds 7.2 assists uh 1.9 blocks so nobody in NBA history has put up that combination of stats over a full season <laughs> nobody in nba history okay and they didn't start counting blocks until i think like the mid 70s so you know okay will maybe probably did. will probably did it at some point yeah i'm sure but um but if you look at what Giannis did last year his points rebounds assists steals blocks and shooting efficiency the only guys to do that in NBA history, at least, right? And obviously, a lot of these guys went well above it, certainly, in this, especially as scorers. But Kareem did it like four times. David Robinson did it. Dr. J did it. Charles Barkley did it. And I think Kevin Garnett did it. That seems so. Good. So that's a good, you know, those are, that's good company. And it's also a very, it's also fascinating how diverse the sort of positions are, are there in. You know, I mean, Dr. J was obviously more of, I guess, of a wing, Barkley's, you know, small power forward. And then the, you know, Kareem, David Robinson are, are pure, you know, all-time great centers. And KG was obviously a, a power forward who kind of became a center and had a very similar physique to Giannis. So, you know, I think, I don't know, I think it's sort of one of those things. And and I think it, it, it happens a lot. Like, I think we saw it maybe a bit with the Bond Maker thing as well, where there's some element of people who are really high on somebody. And then other people 
try to like cut those people down by probably going the other direction too much or by casting aspersions aimed at like the cult <laughs> whatever yeah, yeah. and in the process probably like then start undervaluing or or whatever the the actual um the guy in the first place who maybe they think is pretty good to begin with so um so yeah i, I don't know i think there's a lot to it i don't know how what what your reaction was i mean i think we kind of stayed out of it to a large extent we didn't really kind of wade into you know or bust out the fire takes but I don't know. <laughs> what, how, what were you thinking as you were seeing it kind of unfold i tend to think that reactions get worse as they get multiplied by other reactions uh <laughs> so i i think when you see Giannis post all-star break and he puts up 18.8 8.6 and 7.2 and you think oh wow that's really impressive and if you critique that part and say all right well the schedule is kind of weak who knows how much people were preparing for the bucks like the, the, we should probably take these with a grain of salt like it's a small sample size etc you can think about all those things and that's fine but where the problems start to come is where you critique the people that said oh Giannis is a top five nba player like so then all of a sudden you're attacking the things that those people say and then those people are attacking the things that you say and then it just multiplies and gets worse and worse and worse when if you would just look at the original body of work I think you would you'd find some of those same things. I think I don't think there's been a podcast where we've mentioned his post All Star break stats and said, "Well, this is definitely what's going to happen going forward." Every time we've talked about it, we've said it's a small sample size. You have to consider how much people were preparing for the Bucks. So I, I think just at its core, it's pretty simple to to make these critiques, but then everything just kind of gets multiplied um and obviously you, you keep putting more and more fire into it it's going to get worse and worse so i thought that w- that was just kind of interesting and i'm going to stick with that theory because I-, I think it makes a lot of sense that takes just get worse as they get multiplied by other takes so i thought that was bad but yeah i think the the general thing i also think about is that pre-all-star was 15.9 7.1 2.8 there's not many guys in the league that do that. And Giannis was not, you know, the primary ball hand. Right. Yeah. So so fundamentally, you know, you can't really I mean, he certainly would have put up much bigger assist numbers before the All Star break if the ball was in his hands, right? Correct. Um and and so I think it's also a little unfair to say like, oh well he only did it for a half season because I think a lot of times when guys only do stuff for half seasons it's because uh, you know, some, some, something circumstantial changed and, you know, like they got more playing time or they got hot from, you know, the perimeter or something like that. And the really interesting thing about Giannis is that he didn't really shoot better. He shot worse from the free throw line. He, um, was still efficient, but he was efficient all season. And so it was really just a matter of upping his usage a little bit and then having the ball enough to, um, to get, you know, the big assist numbers. But, you know, his block shots went up, his rebounding went up, um, and a lot of that obviously came from playing a little bit more minutes, but then also just his role, which, you know, he, he just didn't have the ball obviously as much in, uh, in the first few months of the season. So it's kind of hard to hold that against him. And, and I think the other thing I want to say is, I mean, the critique that he, there was, I think the, the other th- another thing too, is like when, when someone puts this out there, they may have like a moderate view of this person and then, you know, they get, uh, you know, people react and say like, well, you're an idiot or you're wrong about this, this, and this. And then they start doubling down by trying oh, yeah. to find like, you know, the things that, that make the person look bad. And I think um, 
Ben Dow said at, at one point, like tweeted something like, oh, well, you know, all you need to know is that the Bucks were worse, you know, after Giannis became the point guard or whatever. Mm. And that's to me, that's like that's that's like one of these things where it's like if you're going to be intellectually honest about it, you would look at what did they do with Giannis on the court and they got better with Giannis on the court as the season went on. And, you know, we've talked about um, especially the the lineups without MCW after the All-Star Rake, which were most of the the high usage lineups. Those were all those all scored a ton. And with the exception of maybe I think one or two with Monroe, they were actually, you know, very much positive the net differential lineups. So, you know, you can still say, well, you know, they were doing it against a weaker schedule. But, you know, they kind of did what what you would ask them to do. And the fact that the Bucks lost, I think, what was it, like five of their last six or six of their last seven to end of the season. You know, Middleton was missing, missed a bunch of games. Mayo and Bayless. Mayo was obviously out the you know the last last bit of the season. Bayless was you know in and out during that period. I mean, you had Rashad Vaughn starting games. Damian Inglis started a game. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, whatever. If you're not look, if you weren't following the Bucks, like it's easy to just say like, oh, they sucked at the end of the year and they only won 33 games. But um, and it's also funny because people on the flip side around the lottery time were acting like, oh, they they were trying too hard down the stretch <laughs> and all this stuff. And they, how could they have won that game in in Philly and it's just a you know a disaster or whatever yeah. and it's like well they were crap the end of the year <laughs> you know yeah. they lost to a Pacer team with no starters in the last game of the season oh, I mean you good. know we can we can question you know Middleton coming back from the Philly game but you know you're gonna win that game uh eight or nine times out of ten uh and you know I mean uh, whatever I'm I'm you know I'm I'm like of the opinion I would not have wanted them to bench Giannis and Jabari in overtime in order to lose that game or whatever. You know, I no. I, I think once yeah. once you roll the ball out, it's you know the game is on and um, and then that's just kind of the way it is. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot to this. I think, um, but and, I think the the bottom line for me is that the Bucks did get better on the court when Giannis was playing point guard or point forward. Um, and uh, you know, I mean. That's the sample we have of him as 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 a point. You know, he he played at a very a, a couple games where he didn't really look that impressive the year before, where there were injuries. But um, but yeah, it's obviously he he kind of grew into that and he made the most of his opportunity. I, I was also going to say like, there's also this underlying kind of opinion that all right, well, fine, he's good with this high usage but he can't be good like any other way. Like the only way you're going to get this great Giannis is if he has the high usage and he has this ball, if he has the ball in his hands all the time and he can't play off the ball. And again, it's just not true. Like 16, seven and three are pretty special numbers for a second or third piece. Like those are undeniably good numbers. So he can do at this point. There's no like, oh, this is a flash in the pan, and he, if he doesn't have the ball, he's just gonna fall apart. No, he's fine, no matter what. Like at this point, he's proven that he can be the for sure third best player on a championship team, and possibly the second best player. Like you can argue, like if you want to argue the second half stuff, that's fine. But for sure, he's could be one of the three best players on a championship team, whether or not he's in charge, whether or not he has the ball, like that has been pretty much proven at this point. And for a 21-year-old, that's pretty insane. <laughs> like that's to say to say that with as much confidence as I just said it, that's pretty insane. So, I I guess it, I understand some of the reactions to the post-All-Star Giannis that okay, maybe this isn't real, and that's fine. But the pre-All-Star Giannis 
was pretty damn good. And the, I, I guess that doesn't get realized quite as much as much as it needs to. And I guess also the the thing that bothers me about the post All Star Giannis talk is that the focus is on the counting stats and okay, well, he can't do this for a whole season or uh, the, he, these are empty numbers, whatever it may be. That's fine, but there was significant improvement in the more, uh, I guess, the more specific skills that come along with being a point guard. After the All-Star break, there was many times where post-game I would critique, well, Sure, he had a couple nice assists tonight, but some of the passes were off target. Um, he wasn't great in the pick and roll. He he had a turnover. You're, you're a Giannis hater. We already discussed this the other day, right? Correct. Uh, but I, I was saying those things because I, I thought they needed to be pointed out. But by the end of the season, he was he was snaking pick and rolls. And what I mean by that is he was going to the left and then going to the right to set up a second screen. And it, he was doing upper-level point guard things by the end of the season. And for him to move from where he was when he first started point guard and having very rudimentary point guard skills to start moving more advanced, like those are things regular point guards trying to figure out how to be point guards, the Brandon Knights of the world, the MCWs of the world. That's those are things they're still working on. And those are things that took a long time for them to figure out. And Giannis started to figure those out in a very short period of time. So I guess I understand the reaction to not want to accept these counting stats, but if you actually watch the bucks, which Again, I pray no one outside of Milwaukee actually did that because <laughs> it was a bad product in the second half. But if you actually watched the Bucks and actually watched Giannis play as the season went forward in that second half, he got considerably better at these things. So there there was true growth there, and there were true skills that started to be fostered. So there's plenty of reason for Bucks fans to, to be excited about it, and... I guess that all bothers me. And then I guess kind of the fact that Bucks fans, man, I don't even know how to describe. I, I guess as you were describing us getting to experience Giannis growing up and experience America and having his first smoothie and all those things, I kind of thought like, wow, we are, we are parents taking pictures as our child, like Giannis's first smoothie. Giannis's first triple double like <laughs> we're we're putting the slideshow of his life together and and I do kind of think that's where a lot of Bucks fans are I wouldn't necessarily say that it's confidence that Giannis is gonna be a top three player you're gonna be a top five player you're gonna be a top 10 player I think it's confident I guess it's more protectiveness that you can't say that about our guy like right this is our guy and I, I guess it is a little bit parental like this is our kid like if you were to tell uh, a a parent of a high schooler who's 15 years old, he's doing a great job at point guard, he's developing all these skills, and his dad thinks, you know what, he's going to be a Division One point guard, and you tell him, no, he's not any good. Uh, he's playing on this garbage team. Uh, he's putting up all these empty stats because your team isn't any good. You're in this garbage conference. Like This kid isn't any good. You're going to say, you know what? No, my kid is good. Like he he's very good and he's going to be division 1 point guard and he's going to be great. <laughs> and I I think that's very much what the reaction is. I think there's something more I, I don't necessarily I guess instinctual, something inherent in Bucks fans where it's like, no, you cannot talk about Giannis this way. So again, if you want to say it's the cult of Giannis or whatever, that's fine, but I I think 
just the way Giannis has grown up, like it makes sense from a, I guess, a more psychological level. Yeah. And just to kind of take a little different angle on it, um, you know, his, his numbers, and I think you saw this a little bit uh, in the second half of his, of his uh, second season where he was putting up bigger counting stats uh, in large part because he was starting and playing big minutes, but his efficiency numbers actually dipped towards the end of the season. And, you know, I think one of the jokes that, that Steve Von Horn and I had last year was how sad I was when his player efficiency rating dipped below 15, which is like the, you know, av- quote unquote average for the NBA. Um, and to be clear, PER is is not like some be all end all statistical measure. It's I think it's just, you know, something I look at because it's a, an interesting way to compare people, especially in terms of their offensive uh, contributions and, and their defensive counting stats, at least. But it doesn't you know factor in defensive positioning or you know what what sort of on-off metrics might might be out there but um you know to the point of of Giannis after the all-star break last year I mean he had a 23.0 PER uh which is great you know that 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 is you know a a great player PER um you know his turnover rate uh I think I think his turnover rate went down because his usage rate went up I think his like turnovers per game were pretty flat despite the fact that he was obviously handing the ball a ton and was dishing out all these assists so he wasn't you know it's not like he was averaging four four and a half turnovers a game to get those 7.2 assists which you know a lot of times people assume that oh you know the young guy out there hunting assists and getting triple doubles you know like I mean guys like Westbrook you know I mean you you put up tons of numbers like you're gonna have you know turnovers and things like that but I think Giannis was right around three or less um even after the all-star break which is is really impressive and so there really wasn't any I don't think there was any kind of, you know, big fly in the ointment as far as what he did. I think there were a couple games in the last two, three weeks where maybe his numbers weren't as big or whatever it might be. But I think that's kind of something that we've seen over the course of his career where he kind of takes, you know, uh, two steps back and then maybe two steps forward and then maybe takes one step back and teams adjust a little bit. And then he has to figure out what his adjustment is. And I think the impressive thing is that Giannis always figures out what that adjustment is and, I think I think a lot of it too, and this kind of gets also into his ultimate ceiling. And I, we've said this before. I mean, going into last season, what was it that everybody said Giannis needed to do to become a really good player to make some big leap in his game? Jump what shot. was the jump shot? Right, he got worse. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, by by most metrics, his jumper, his two point jump shot got worse. His three point shot obviously didn't you know make any kind of big breakthrough. I think his percentage went up, but um, and he took some more. and And late in the season, he did have some games where he hit some threes. I mean, like the Boston game, I think of you know the Cleveland game, he hit a couple. Um, but he didn't do the one thing that people thought he needed to do <laughs> to make this big leap. And guess what? He made a big leap anyway, which kind of I think gets into also the trap that people fall in, where we take players and we try to just sort of deconstruct them into like little buckets of skill and then we say you know we pick the the one where it's obvious they don't have a ton of it or the ones where it's easy to measure it which is you know it's easy to say a guy can't shoot three pointers right i mean that's why um michael carter williams you know is easy to kind of look at and say like oh that guy can't be an nba starting point guard because he can't shoot threes um but the subtle things are are easier to overlook obviously i think with Giannis, you know we overlooked how much he was going to grow as you know as you were alluding to a playmaker, a decision maker with the ball, um, you know, figuring out ways to use that tremendous physical talent that he has to get by guys, get guys on his hip, get to the rim, you know, finish um, and and do things from different different areas on the court. 
Um, so it's uh, it's fascinating because as we said, he didn't shoot three pointers well after the you know after the All Star break either. He shot a little bit better, but you know he he it's not like he had some fluky shooting streak. Uh, his his free throw percentage dropped to sixty seven percent after the All Star break. So if he can get to a more consistent place there, you know he's he's leaving some you know maybe a point on the table or whatever it is per game. Um, so yeah, so I think I think the big picture is people should be optimistic, and and I get that maybe um, you know I, I think we should also be careful not to assume that he's going to become that you know top five to seven NBA superstar because I think those are the guys who legitimately can maybe not carry a team to a championship but be the centerpieces of a championship team you know i don't I think this is one thing we were discussing before we came on was you know we people throw around the word superstar but i think people have very different opinions of what superstar means you know i think if you want to talk about it you know players who can single-handedly um be the like main guy on a on a championship Ooh. team that's like lebron and kd Maybe I mean KD had Russell. Yeah. Or KD had another top five yeah. or six player on his team, right? So I think it, the the number of players who you know you could put on a team and you would expect him to just drag that team to the conference finals. It's pretty much LeBron. It's pretty much LeBron, right? And so I think the the big picture is you have to have a, a phenomenal. You have to have at least one phenomenal player, like a Steph Curry or, or Russell Westbrook or a Kevin Durant, you know. Um, and then you need more guys even after that. And so I think what you said about you know, Giannis going from, you know, definitely being a, a number three and and looking like certainly a number two, and now the question is, can he be a number one? Um, I think the same goes. You know, you slide down the pecking order. I think um, Chris Middleton has looked like he could be a three. Yep. You know, is there another leap he can make to become a number two? I, I don't know. Um, I don't think that's like my number one. That's not my number one question going into the season. You know, yeah. it's like, Oh, Chris Middleton, you got to get better. You know? <laughs> um, and then Jabari, like can Jabari even be in a top three conversation? Right. Yeah. And you may need for this bucks team, especially as we've been discussing, especially with the way that they are locking in pieces on long-term deals around the young guys, you know, you, you need Jabari to be at least a really good three and possibly a two yep. to, to become a team that, um, and I'm not even going to mention that, you know, in the same breath as, you know, the the current Warriors, right? Because I think at this point, you're basically waiting out the war the Warriors yeah. <laughs> in a lot of ways, right? You're waiting for uh, for those guys to get. Uh, and again, I mean that that might scare people, but again, the Bucks are 21 years old at, with Giannis, 21 years old with with Jabari, 24 with Middleton. Um, you don't win. You don't contend. You know anybody's like, oh, why are they? Oh, they're not contending yet. Well, of course they're not going to contend yet. They're way too young to contend now. It's not to say that those guys are as good as you know LeBron or KD were at the at the respective ages that that they're at. Right? Those guys were better, um, especially versus Jabari, who's obviously had the injury stuff too. But um, but I think you know the peak of this team is not going to be in a year or two. The peak of this team is going to be three, four, five years probably down the road. Uh, and I think you know in that sense. Uh, you know, you're probably thinking more about teams. You're probably thinking about the the aging <laughs> Warriors yeah. and whoever's still on that team. Um, and that team will be harder to keep together, obviously, over time because Steph's going to get a, a ridiculous max deal, which he hasn't had. Um, and obviously, Durant's, you know, he could eventually leave too, obviously, at some point. So, so yeah, I think the the bar is very, very high. And I think that's part of probably the, the discussion is like the bar for a team is very, very high. 
therefore the bar for players is very, very high. You know, if you're talking about Giannis as a number one, and I think it's possible he gets there, but you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, part of me where I didn't really react yesterday was just, I was just like, I don't know. I kind of like it when people sleep on, on Giannis, you know? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm a big starters fan. Um, the starters guys I've met a couple times. Tass Miles is a great guy, really good dude. You know, he, he called out Giannis last, last year before the season as the most overrated player in the NBA. And I know he loves Giannis cause they're both Greek, but, um, but you know, I mean, I, I kind of like a little bit of that, right? And I think Giannis likes a little bit of that yeah. to to motivate him. And you know, I think he likes when people aren't necessarily crowning him um, before he before he fully realizes what he can do. And and I'm okay with people being a little skeptical, of Giannis, because I mean, if he comes out and like we said and previously, if he comes out and puts up, <laughs> you know, just give him eighteen, eight, six, and you know, a block and a half. <laughs> Nobody else is doing that in the NBA. Nobody else is doing that in the NBA these days. I mean, yeah, you know. So I, I, so I don't know. I think it's fun, and and I don't, I don't know if you had any other kind of feelings on on Giannis or on the other guys around him, but but I think it's it's a really fun topic, and I, it gets me excited and makes me wish that that October was here already. I guess the coolest thing for me is that Giannis's ceiling has always been a top five player. Like I, I'm trying to think. What was it, Coach Thorpe? Maybe like a week, yeah. like I don't even know. Maybe like a day into summer league or something like that. Mentioned, I think it was. I think it was in the preseason because Giannis wasn't in summer league his first year. But okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he had a really good game. He he had some good flashes in his first, in his preseason. I think. Or, and he and he mentioned, oh well, this guy has a top five ceiling. What something of that nature. And Bucks fans are like, oh, this is awesome. And I think that's always been his ceiling. And the thing I've always been fond of saying is that. That's always been his ceiling, and when it when he first started, I thought the chance of him getting to that ceiling was very slim. I thought maybe 1%. And then after the first year, it was like, okay, maybe I can bump that up to like 3%. And then after the second year, it was like, oh, okay, maybe I can bump that up to like 8 9%, maybe 10%. And now after last year, okay, maybe I can bump that up to close to 20%, 25%. And that's the thing that keeps getting excited for me is the ceiling doesn't change the ceiling has always been top five nba basketball player but the floor continues to rise and the per- the percent chance of him reaching that ceiling continues to rise and that is the exciting thing for me about Giannis is that every year you've seen him get better and again as you start to get into the elite levels of nba basketball those jumps can't be as extreme and i think People saying like, well, last year was already his breakout year. Okay, that's fine. Like, it, There's probably one very significant jump. And if that's what it was, okay, that's fine. If he continues to improve like players do as they get older, and that, what do you have this year? 17, 7.5, and 4.5 for the season. If those someday turn into 29 and 6, yeah, that's a really freaking good basketball player. So if the biggest jump has already occurred, that's fine. <laughs> like, I, I just don't get what other people – I guess there's this this mental hurdle of, okay, well, he's still got to make another leap to be an elite basketball player. Well, not really. Like, he can he, – now at this point, he can make incremental improvements, and the, he would be just fine. Like, he would still – there would still be a path for him incrementally to become a top five NBA basketball player if he makes incremental improvements. So it's just interesting to me. It's all 
kind of fun. And I think I tweeted something out like, I'm loving all of this Giannis talk on my timeline right now. And whether it's good, bad, fire takes, awful takes, great takes, <laughs> just people talking about Giannis, that's awesome. Like, when has a Milwaukee Bucks basketball player ever, ever warranted that kind of attention for something positive? Like, yeah, other than, especially other than Larry Sanders getting thrown out and thumbs up, like that was the most internet moment. And now with Giannis, we have something like this where the entire basketball internet is talking about him once a month, once every two weeks. Like it's insane. Yeah, and I think the the interesting thing, and I think part of the, the thing too is because he's such a stra- he's had such a strange road to where he is right i think if he was a guy that was um had followed a more traditional path and not necessarily gone to college but just a guy that was you know on the greek national team from you know the moment he rolled out the womb and you know or as far as like the junior teams and he was had high visibility like, like that like a rubio route you're saying yeah like somebody who was at all the fiba you know yeah. you 16 17 you know had gone through all that process and he wasn't a mystery in the way that he might have been and i think if if he wasn't um and you know let's let's be be clear like he he developed a lot physically from from when he was drafted and and he's developed a lot as a player obviously so it's not like if he was playing in a you know different place he necessarily would have been the first overall pick but um but let's just say i mean if he had been like a top four pick or something like that and had a lot more hype coming out of um out of greece then I think maybe you'd see maybe a little bit less of the skepticism about him yeah. because I still think there is sort of a weirdness about you know people don't know what to make of him and to your point about you know the the leap you know the fascinating thing about Giannis is I think because he obviously came from a place where he was you know set by you know his his development was obviously not accelerated by where he played and <laughs> the fact that he wasn't playing in the national team setup because you know he didn't have a, even have a passport until yeah. he was 18 years old uh it's kind of probably delayed everything by a year relative to maybe what we're used to seeing you know maybe we're used to seeing guys come in as rookies and as really young rookies i've kind of got to take their medicine whatever and then the second year they kind of make a big leap and then it's kind of like oh yeah okay i, I totally see this guy becoming you know an all-star future star whatever and for Giannis, I think everything's probably been pushed back by one year just because, again, I mean, it was amazing that he was able to do what he was able to do as uh, as a rookie. Yeah. And then, but there was still that growing process and it's a physical maturation process as well. Um, you know, someone in my in my Twitter timeline mentioned, I I, I forget who it was, but um, someone pointed out like, hey, is, well, maybe the reason why he hasn't been able to shoot as well is because like his body's been literally continuing to grow yeah. and he's got like, you know, these long limbs that, that have to be, uh, have to still become somewhat coordinated and I don't know, maybe there's something to that. Um, but it's interesting because, you know, he was seventh in most improved voting two years ago. He was third in most improved voting last year. And I think if he comes out and literally just puts up the numbers that he put up last year, you know, nineteen eight seven two blocks, I think I think he probably wins the most improved player award. And it's incredible to think of anybody being in the top seven. And I don't know if this has been done before, right? I mean, someone, you know, Elias Sports Bureau would have to look this up. But I'm. it's fascinating to think, like, is there anybody that's been in the top 10 of the most improved player three years in a row, right? And yeah. that's not normal. Normally, it's more of like a two-step kind of leap, and then you're kind of considered really, really good. Yeah. Um, so it's just a fascinating thing. And you know, I think people just enjoy it. I think the one other thing, you know, I think the one thing that Dowsett mentioned, which 
I think is is a fair critique, you know, and but it doesn't make, mean that he's not a really good player. Is you know, kind of saying, well, like defensively, especially like man. Def- I don't know if he said man defense specifically, but he kind of said like, well, defensively, he's you know maybe not. He hasn't really lived up to maybe his full potential, and I think that's true. But I also think he has top five, you know, defensive player of the year potential. Um, so his ceiling on that end is super high. And I think that's obviously why we talk about Giannis in this way when, you know, Jabari has sort of fallen behind sort of from a potential standpoint just because of the two-way factor that Giannis brings and the ball handling he brings. Um, so I think that's fair to say that Giannis could become better defensively, I think, especially in man defense. Um, I think the more he plays, I, I actually think the more he plays taller players, it helps him um, because I think yeah. he it just trying to be on the perimeter against against wings um and we saw him play against twos as a rookie it was just really hard for him I and mean, he got caught in every screen ever and he's yeah. improved but um but i think that i think he has big potential there and obviously um i think over the year as well i mean he became a plus de- defensive rpm guy um by the end of the season a plus offensive rpm guy and uh i think you know and again uh, you don't really do splits with our with rpm stats it's just kind of not the way you think about those stats but you know he was a big negative at the beginning of the season and and eventually became a, a positive in both which i think you know does sort of speak a little bit to obviously the improvement over the course of the season um so anyway i think i think it's big and let me ask you let's ask one i'll just ask you one question on the on the way out and chris towers uh of cbs who who i follow who i, who I think is smart pretty, guy. smart guy pretty good pretty guy plugged in reading the bucks he um i think chris and you can correct me if i'm wrong but i think chris said something effective like you know I would take Giannis over Wiggins. Like that seems like pretty pretty clear at this point. And then of course that like inspired like another kind of round of <laughs> of yeah. arguments. And and my friend Zach Harper, who I I actually had a, had a really good conversation with. That uh, we sat next to each other at the uh, the last summer league game, and we're, you know kind of traded stories on on the Wolves and and the Bucks because he's um, he's always been a Wolves guy. So uh, so I mean Zach has no. I mean Zach is a good dude. He's not like a Giannis hater or something like that. But you know he was. He, I think he was asking, like, well, what does it even mean that he made the leap last year? Like, kind of, like, innocently asking, like, what is he leaping to and, yeah. and whatever. Um, and, I mean, personally, I've thought – I've been surprised how long it's taken for people to realize that, you know, Giannis, I think, should have a higher value as a player than than Wiggins just because I think he just does way more stuff. Um but I don't know. I guess for the casual fan, that might still be a controversial opinion. But should that be? I don't know. I don't think it should be. No, I don't think it should be. And I guess it it maybe would be if Wiggins had shown a little bit more development as like as an efficient scorer at some point, just because his defensive potential is so great and he he's done things defensively, but offensively he's. I mean, if you want to say if you if you want to ask questions about Giannis's offense, well, then your your questions for Wiggins' offense have to be twofold, threefold. Like he, there's a lot of questions over there. Um, yeah, uh, Giannis is longer, bigger, better playmaker. Um, yeah, I don't really think it's a question. Yeah, I think the big thing for me is Wiggins is so interesting because he's obviously become a good player, um, but he's sort of the opposite of what people thought he would be in many ways, which I think is like just such an interesting thing when you think about how we try to project players and the specifics of how they're going to be good. You know, people were like, Oh, I don't know if Wigan has the Wiggins has the killer instinct, but you know, he should be able to shoot and he's going to be a great defender. And so that gives him a high floor. And if he scores, you know, then he'll be a really good player. 
And the weird thing is he's been like a miserable shooter. Yeah. Um, which is strange to me because I like his mechanics. Like I don't, I don't know, it just it's it, maybe it's a little bit like Jabari where it just I think it's just a matter of time before he gets better. Not that he'll be great at it, but yeah, I think he'll get better. Um and he's just sort of been like his biggest skill is that he basically gets the ball in mid post and he just like hunts shots. Um yep. and he you know, and I, I wish Jabari would would kind of hog it sometimes <laughs> like yeah. like Wiggins does and just sort of gets shots, draws fouls, and is really good at that and using his kind of physicality to kind of overwhelm uh, smaller wings. And on defense, it seems like he's been very underwhelming um, and he's kind of inattentive and he doesn't really like get steals or blocks or rebounds like ever. Um, and I don't know how much that's ever going to change. And granted, you know, I mean, positional defense and, and being a good man defender is obviously very valuable as well. But um, but I think, I, you know, I would certainly prefer a guy like Giannis who has, you know, more positional versatility and, uh, you know, as a help defender, it just makes a much bigger difference. Right. I mean, he's. Yeah. He's going to be, uh, he rebounds like a power forward, close to a power forward at this point. He blocks shots, you know, he gets in passing lanes. He obviously uses that tremendous length, and obviously we want to see it translate into, you know, much better Bucks defense. But, um, but yeah, I think it's interesting. So I, it, it's fun. I mean, it's fun to sit back and say, who would you trade Giannis for? And kind of be <laughs> like, you know, I know that objectively there are players that you would trade Giannis for, but eh, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I guess the kind of takeaway from this whole conversation is just I get to watch Giannis for the next how many years? That seems pretty cool. Like I, I don't I don't know how my basketball life could get much better. Like I, <laughs> I, I get to watch Giannis develop into whatever it is he's going to develop into. Good luck trying to find something better than that. Well, I think the I think Warriors uh, beat writers would probably have you beat there, but uh, but I think seeing the journey I think is going to be the fun part here. Definitely, um, and and obviously that's going to start next year, and we'll see we'll see how quickly they can they can get down that road. But for now, it's uh, it's still July, and uh, you know, or is it going to be August by the on, on Monday when we post this? I don't yeah, know, but so. uh, <laughs> but hope springs eternal, and and Giannis has been uh, has given us a lot of legitimate hope, so. Um, Let's not let's not worry about it. You know, if people are skeptical, it's okay. Let's I'll just be sure to laminate their skepticism and <laughs> drop it in the locker room when I'm there. Very good. You don't want to, you don't want a motivated Giannis, or we do want a motivated Giannis. Others don't. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we appreciate uh, taking some time with us. Let us know what you think about Giannis as though we needed to prime the pump with you. Um, <laughs> we, uh, obviously if you haven't, we always appreciate uh, reviews um, and on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes and we are, we're kind of filling out, adding our RSS to all the like remaining services out there. So I think we are now on tune in and um, I'm not sure if Google play has officially added us yet, but that should be coming soon as well. So um Please look out for us. If we're not yet on your favorite podcasting network, then get a new podcasting network, I would say. <laughs> but uh, in the meantime, uh, listen to us on Audio Boom. Audio Boom has an app too, so feel free to download that. Um, you can definitely get us through the Audio Boom app and, and through the iTunes podcasting app and everything else. So um, keep the comments coming. And if there are any topics you want us to cover, um, we're probably going to be cutting back the podcast a bit in August. But um, you know, as stuff happens, we are, are certainly more than more than interested in, uh, in keeping the dialogue going. So thanks for listening. And for Eric Name, I'm Frank Madden, and we'll talk to you very soon. Hi, 
you've reached the high fashion hotline. Hi, my family's going to a tailgate, and I want our style to stand out from the crowd. Just go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got all the latest fall styles. Plus, during Old Navy's colossal sale, you'll save up to 50% off store-wide. Did you say up to 50% off? I did, so don't sit on the sidelines. Old Navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks, stylish dresses from 15 bucks, and comfy tees for the family from just 6 bucks. right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're cheering for Old Navy. High fashion, Old Navy. Valid 10-2 to 10-10. Select styles only.